we discovered that we had different definitions of what a life partner meant. <laughs> and and Pam, Pam's definition of life partner was it's a partner for the rest of your life. And that would be what most people would think. In my mind, it was a, you were a partner in every aspect of life without having a duration to it. I, I figured, uh, hey, between us, we've been married seven times. We know that relationships don't last forever. You know, so, so I didn't think in terms of, of for the rest of our lives to death do us part. Uh, you know, so I, I thought we'd, just, we'd, we'd share everything rather than put a direct. Well, we they, we went back and forth on that and spoke to a counselor about it and all that. And I think we ended up uh, compromising by saying we're going to be life partners in everything we do for the rest of our life. (laughs) Welcome to Normalizing Non-Monogamy, the podcast where we interview incredible people from across the entire spectrum of non-monogamy to hear their fascinating stories. We strive to bring guests on the show who have a healthy approach to non-monogamy. However, it's important to remember that everyone does it a little bit differently and the views and opinions expressed by our guests do not necessarily reflect our own. Additionally, we produce this show for entertainment purposes only. Please be aware that we aren't doctors or therapists. Consult the medical professional for anything regarding your health that you might learn about on the show. Enjoy! Welcome to episode 232. We're Finn and Emma, and today we have a super fun interview with Jim and Pam. I thought you were going to say, we're Pam and Jim. (laughs) (laughs) No, we're We're, not Pam and Jim. We're Finn and Emma. We're talking to Pam and Jim. We are, and this is an amazing conversation Uh, We don't want to spoil too much, but uh, as you'll find out, Jim is 83, Pam is 69. They started exploring non-monogamy a few years ago, and actually, Jim started exploring his sexuality just a few years ago as well. And so he and they go into just some amazing conversations about this experience together, their journey together, and how they do life together now. Yes. And a quick note, they mentioned SLS uh, in the interview, and that is Swing Lifestyle. It's a a swinging website. Yeah. We just didn't want anyone to be confused. (laughs) So that is Pam and Jim. We are super excited for this. But before we jump in, we do have a couple of very quick announcements, some exciting events coming up this week, actually, as well as a huge thank you and a huge shout out to our Patreon community, of which Pam and Jim have been longtime members. Yes. Since they were teenagers. (laughs) Well, it'd be kind of hard since it hasn't, made, it hasn't been around that long. I made that part up. But Pam and Jim are part of the community, and they're amazing. And so, yeah, we've actually met them a few times in person. Yes. Anyway, I will stop uh, gushing over how awesome Pam and Jim are. If you're interested in community, uh, check out our Patreon community. It is a fantastic place to meet other like-minded people and get support. We have a MeWe, an ongoing MeWe chat group. We do monthly video Q&A calls, and we have a men's group and a women's group, which... Both of those groups are open to people who are non-binary and or have transitioned as well. So if you're looking for community, check it out. Head to our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com. Click on the Patreon tab and you will get all of the information there and we'll see you there. We also have some upcoming virtual events that we're excited about. 
this coming Friday, that's April 22nd, we have a virtual trivia night. And Saturday, April 23rd, we have a virtual meet and greet. These are open to anyone. You just must be respectful and open-minded. Go to our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com. Click on the community events tab to find out more. We also have in-person event coming up in New Orleans on September 17th. More information will be discussed in the outro on that event. Yeah, we're super excited for that. And we'll give you all the gooey details in the outro. The last thing we wanted to mention while we've got your attention here is our favorite affiliate partner, stdcheck.com. We use this service. Emma and I use this service. We've been using this service for years to get tested for STIs. We use it. We love it. And we've gotten a ton of feedback from others that they love it as well. It is fast. It is easy and it is pretty affordable at about $130 for a 10 panel test when you use the links on our website and you save $10. And it supports the show financially. And so we are extremely grateful to you for doing that. Yes. So thank you in advance for using the links, for getting tested for STIs, and for knowing your sexual health status. Yes. And for listening to these announcements. Absolutely. (laughs) So to find more information about that, just head to our website or in the podcast show notes, click on the links for the resources, or if you go to normalizingnonmonogamy.com slash test, all of the information is there as well. If you can't find the links, send us an email. You can send us an email about anything. Reach out to us. Let us know if you want to come on the show. If you have any comments or questions, just let us know. And that can be done on our website on the Contact Us page. Yes. And with that, let's go talk to Pam and Jim. We will see everybody on the other side. Buckle up and have fun. Buckle up. But if you're new to like Pam and Jim, be careful what you're buckling. You know? <laughs> You don't want to catch anything in the seatbelt. It's true. That's true. All right. Let's go. Welcome, Pam and Jim, to the show. We're so excited to finally talk to you. And I know it's been... Well, well, we've talked to them before. Okay. On the podcast. We're excited to talk to you on the podcast. I should clarify. We yeah. we Long have... time Patreon member. So we're super excited to get your story out there. Yes. Thank you for being here. Thank you for asking us. <laughs> yeah, of course. Well, because not everybody knows who Pam and Jim are. Not everybody comes to every meet and greet and, and meets and greets you. Uh, but do you mind introducing yourselves so people have an idea of who Pam and Jim are? Okay. I'm Pam. We're both nudists and live full time in a nudist community. I'm 69 years old. One of your older people you've interviewed, and he'll top that soon. <laughs> a minute here, and um, do you want to know background? I mean, whatever uh, you're comfortable sharing. Um, yeah, well, I've been I've actually been married and divorced for married and divorced three times, and then my fourth husband passed away. So Jim is my fifth big relationship, and we're not going to get married. Yeah. <laughs> Well, fair, fair enough. Well, Reason enough. Yeah. Well, for you, maybe not for Jimmy. <laughs> I, I'm Jim, and I'm I live with Pam in the nudist resort. I also have my own home in an adjacent nudist resort, but spend most of my time with Pam and her resort. Uh, I moved down here three and a half years ago. I'm originally from Chicago, where I practiced law and retired, and then headed to Kentucky and Tennessee. I got married and was living in Kentucky and Tennessee for for, I don't know, 16, 18 years, uh, and then decided to become a full-time nudist and move down to Florida where you can be nudist outdoors all year round. Uh, And so uh, Pam and I uh, 
we met in March 19th of 19, no, 20, <laughs> 2019. March, March 22 of 2019. Okay, March 22. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, it was, a, it was a chance meeting because we were introduced on a blind date. And uh, Pam will tell you how the blind date came about. Well, sure. Sure. Yeah, we'd love to know. Like, yeah, how did how did Pam and Jim become Pam and Jim? The person who I was receiving um, stretches from every month, and uh, lived five doors down from where Jim had recently moved in. And so she told me, "You need to meet him. You need to meet him. You need to meet him." And finally, she called me and gave me his number and said, "Will you call?" And I did. And it was eight days before I was leaving town for three months. Ooh. No. But you stuck around? No. (laughs) (laughs) I had grandchildren I was going to see. And I I knew this the day that I met Pam. We went out to dinner on our first date. And uh, I I disgorged everything about myself and what I I was seeking in in life and and, uh, in relationships. And things like that, and uh, we I, I, we were pretty sure that we were going to be an item right from day one, from that very first date. And, th- and then she says, "Well, you know, I'm leaving town in eight days and won't be back for three, three months. months. Three months." <laughs> so then, then so, the so wait, the first day he said he told me a lot, but I mean, like this is important. He says he's been on, he's gone to orgies recently. He's just started doing that. And I'm, you know, processing this and going, okay, well, I think I might be able to do that. And I don't think you had been swinging yet, but he wanted Mm -hmm. a partner to swing. And um, I had, we had both brief, tiny, like a couple months type activity in a prior marriage. Um, So I said, "I I think I might, you know, be able to do that. And he already had both a male and a female, um, like poly partner. Um, and I wrapped my brain around that one. (laughs) So, you know, like it was all brand new, but yet it felt like it was okay. Yeah. And so you, you, Pam said you had explored swinging a little bit previously with one of your husbands. Yeah. Maybe we should back up a little bit and just get a little bit of background and then we'll come back to Pam and Jim. Yeah, that was literally just like a couple. This was back before the internet existed, and we had to go through the the Ohio connection <laughs> and mail information back and forth to each other. <laughs> so um, it was very cumbersome and very you know hard to, to that. Just getting somebody was a challenge, um, and then our our hookup didn't really go that well, so we did not keep pursuing it. So that was really your only experience with anything non-monogamous until you met Jim. Well, I actually forgot now that you're saying that. Um, (laughs) 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 Between marriage one and two, I was with somebody that I had. He was a man. Um, I had one three-way with another man and one three-way with another woman. And they were both like one and done. Um, they both went well, but we didn't last very long as a couple. Yeah. Gotcha. So you weren't completely new to non-monogamy, but you didn't have a lot of experience either. Exactly. No. And I was, I was in a similar situation before I met Pam. I've been married three times 
Uh, the first two ended in divorce, and the third one, my wife passed in in 2016. Um, but my first wife and I, when we were living in the Detroit, Michigan area in the early 1970s, and we became good friends through a common hobby that we had with another couple. They were an older couple. They were probably 20 years older than we were at that time, and we were in our early 30s. Uh, and they, uh, we wasn't called swinging then it was wife swapping <laughs> and, you know, we, we'd, we'd have dates where I, uh, his, his wife would come to my house and Pam would go to his boat, which is in the, in the Harbor and, uh, Pam, <laughs> no, no, that was <laughs> your, your first wife, your first wife. <laughs> yeah, we, we don't need names. Anyway. She, she, she would go with him to his boat in the in the harbor uh, and in the Detroit River. But anyway, it, it only lasted for about a month because uh, although I was enjoying myself, my wife at that time was not enjoying herself because I guess the fella had ED and she was just frustrated as hell. And so she asked me to call it off too. So we did after about a month of, of being together, maybe once a week. So that was very limited and, Never went back to that in pre, in subsequent marriages. Um, I was pretty monogamous, and and uh, you never told them how old you were. Oh, I'm eighty three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably Nine, your oldest interviewing. Born in nineteen thirty eight. <laughs> I think probably. I believe so. Yeah. I believe so. Well, and Pam just didn't want to be. She didn't want to be the oldest, so she made sure to make you go as well. <laughs> So I love it. I love it. Well, so, well, so when you met Pam, you rolled out a lot on that, a lot on that first date. So you had clearly started exploring some type of non-monogamy before you met Pam. How did, how did you come into that, Jim? Well, I, I came into it because I, I live in a nudist resort and I, I would spend time, uh, in the hot tub and you meet people in the hot tub and, and you get, and you meet people on Swing Lifestyle, you know, and you meet on other websites. And I met a gal, and we agreed to meet in the hot tub, and we got to talking, and, and son of a gun, uh, uh, we went to my place, and we played. And, and uh, But it was just, it was just a, a sexual date. But she put me on to uh, um, a, an orgy party that she would go to, uh, twice a month. And uh, she says, you really, you would really enjoy this. And so she, uh, she got me involved in that. And then I did start going probably a month or two, uh, to these twice a month orgies in hotel suite orgies, um, before I met Pam. And I also, and one of the gals I met at the orgies, uh, I became very close to. And, uh, and sh- she was my, uh, uh, female poly partner so to speak because she would come and visit me and and uh, i would go visit her she lived in orlando so it was a two-hour drive away sure. and i also during that time met a, a fella on sls or one of the uh connection websites and uh we got connected as uh male bonding friends and and uh which in, in got into a sexual uh play as well and uh, he died last spring on last april so uh, my, other, my other poly partner uh, uh, went a different direction last October. So I'm without a poly partner right now. I'm looking, but 
and uh, mm-hmm. seeking. But, uh, Without one besides Pam. Right. Well, uh, yeah, other than, you know, Pam's in my nesting pile, but I, I'm, I'm thinking, uh, you yeah, know, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got you. I got you. <laughs> so, well, I mean, we're poly, but we really don't have poly other poly partners right now. So right, it's okay. Right, You're still yeah. allowed to be polyamorous. Yeah. We allow it. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, so, so technically, I am not poly. I consider us monopoly. Um, okay. When we first got together, like when I came back and after the three months in Cincinnati, I Jim encouraged me to meet others. And so I actually put myself out there on a dating site and I did get together with, I think, three or four different guys. And it just wasn't something I was more doing it for him than I was doing it for me. Sure. So yeah. After a while of trying it out and testing it out, um, I just took myself off the site and was perfectly happy that he had his other two people. Um, but I really didn't want to look for anyone. Sure. Mm-hmm. And did you, did you, you had said potentially you were interested in going to the orgies and, and the swinging parties. Is that something that you ended up pursuing together? Oh, we, we went, um, the, the kids actually, my grandchildren came back with me in June um, after having left him for three months, he, Jim came up three times while I was there and um, actually dr- helped drive us down the final trip. Um, mm-hmm. But my grandchildren stayed with a friend overnight so I could go to one of the orgies with him. <laughs> was that your first orgy? <laughs> yeah, that, that was my her, first orgy. First. Yep, it was. <laughs> All right. So now we've got to ask. <laughs> What were you, what were you thinking going to your first orgy? Like, what was your mindset going into that? And like, how how did it go? Like, you don't have to give us all the details, but just like generally, like, how was it? Because that's a big experience. I was very nervous but excited, and um, I asked him for two understandings. One, if we got there and I freaked, like he would be willing to go somewhere and talk to me and and figure out what needed to happen, and. And that he would not leave my side until I told him it was okay. Yeah. So we we get there and the setup of this place is there's about a half an hour, um, like just meet and greet time. And one of the couples that was there um, got into a conversation with me. Everybody's really friendly. And it turned out that we didn't know it, but Jim was with his partner across the room. <laughs> and um, he just helped me get comfortable And there was a guy that Jim had told about me and he told me about him. So when, after the meet and greet, then you have a little talk, everybody says who they are and introduces themselves. And then she goes, okay, the party's on. And this other guy kind of lifted his eyebrows at me. (laughs) And I looked at Jim and I said, bye. And and the party was on. <laughs> Amazing. So it went well. It yeah. sounds like it went well. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And we kept and going so back. We kept going back. Uh, uh, they were twice. Before COVID, they were two parties a month, one in Tampa and one in uh, Orlando two weeks later. So every two weeks there was a party. And, and uh, we were going to both Tampa and Orlando parties, so. Uh, we got we got quite active in this group, and we still are. We're, we're going this weekend. It's another party in Orlando, although although she's only doing them 
once a month now until she builds up more numbers after after the yeah. COVID uh, shutdown. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. and so, what did the what did the trajectory look like? You, you, Pam, you kind of said like you tried the dating websites, didn't really do it for you, but you you're more interested in just sort of the casual aspect. Yeah, but like, what did Jim was in charge of like meeting people, so he got on SLS. And um, we started swinging. We just started getting together with other couples. And most of the time it was like I'd, I'd be with the guy in one room and he'd be with the, the woman in another room. But sometimes it was all of us in the same room. Um, but it was it was always like, quote, together. I mean, we were in the same space, maybe right. not in the same room. And we were doing that probably once to three times a week. Yeah, you know, we, wow. we we lucked out. We were at a at a a play venue, a swingers venue, a six thousand square foot house with six or eight bedrooms and group rooms and an indoor pool and a, a they called it the tree house because they had two two playrooms up in a tree, <laughs> like a true tree house. Anyway, and we were in we were in the pool and and a uh, uh, fellow got we were talking to a fellow that was there. And uh, he says, uh, you know, we have we have a swingers group that you might want to get get uh, become a, a member of. And I, he says, it's just an, a big email list. You give me your email and I'll submit it and you'll get an invitation. Uh, weekly, we meet at restaurants, local restaurants. I mean, in civilian clothes. Uh, mm-hmm. so almost every Sunday thereafter, um, again, break for COVID. But we, we were going to meals where there could be anywhere from six couples to 20 couples, depending on the time of year. And, wow. And, and, and they're just the meet and greets. Yeah, basically, basically. Basically meet and greets. You know, <laughs> in, you can hug and kiss the people you've already played with. You can meet the newcomers. You have time to, to schedule play dates for the upcoming weeks. You know, it's very convenient. Uh, no play at the party other than normal hugging and, and kissing, maybe. You know, sure. Greet, greeting type hugs and kisses. Uh, yeah. And uh, that was uh, so we still do it. And it's it's still a major, a major way that we get connected with other swinger couples. Yeah. And they, they, yeah. Range, they range in age from, well, 45 on up to my age. <laughs> I don't think there's yeah. anyone older than me. No, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I'm, it's it's so fun that you two found for one, found each other and then found this activity that you love doing together that so much that you're doing it like three to five times a week. And yeah. it's, yeah, not so yeah. much now, but I mean like pre COVID we, it was that active. Yeah. Um, sure. Yeah. And sure. Now, you know, we're building back up again, but yeah. Taking it slow. Yeah. 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 Well, and we're, we're a little bit more selective now too, because uh, in previous, in previous swinging, with uh, people that we'd meet, uh, Pam had to take one for the team a number of times. Sure. And so I guess like through this journey, well, actually before that, so I'm, I'm curious, Jim, you, you mentioned that you've had both male and female partners. Do you mind talking a little bit about like the exploration of your sexuality and when sort of when that entered in to the picture for you? Yeah. Cause I was, I was going to ask a similar question. How long a story do you want? <laughs> well, I, it, it, all, all of this started 
after my late white wife died in 2016. I, I, uh, uh, I waited a full year before I socialized with anybody. And I, I knew a lot of women in town because I was a member of the art guild and, and, uh, and, uh, I did some photography that I sold and, and we ran an art. I, I managed an art gallery and, and all that for them. Uh, but so I knew a lot of women and I started dating one of them, happened to be my late wife's art teacher. <laughs> and, and, uh, we got into, uh, you know, friend with benefits type of arrangement for probably a full year. And it, it was, uh, at when we started to get together, I still had, uh, I still was suffering from, uh, ED. And, uh, I went with her to my, uh, uh, urologist and, and, uh, a new, a new, I, my urologist retired and a new one came on board and she said, she said, Jim, this is, I can, I can, I can solve your problem, but we're going to have to go through a couple steps at a time. And she did. And the, the short of the story was she recommended a penile implant. Well, my, my friends with benefits would go to every session, but she was so interested. She was invested in this. <laughs> and, uh, and and so I, I I think I got my implant in January of 2018, and we just went off. She was just a couple of years younger than me, and we used to laugh and laugh as we fucking every day. And and <laughs> it was a uh, we're just we're gonna die this way. Wouldn't it be great? Don't you want to die <laughs> in bed? And, and uh, ultimately, uh, she even became a nudist. I joined a nudist resort. And uh, she became a nudist with me. She was a little reluctant. She had some body issues, but she was a little reluctant. But she she joined in, and uh, I vi- I finally decided I was going to move to Florida because I wanted to be nudist year round. And she was not in a position where she could move. She had her her art pra- her uh, art teaching uh, business. She had children and grandchildren back in in Kentucky, and so she I left her, and unfortunately, she died within the last year. But uh, I, at one point, I, I was pretty much uh, normal heterosexual. Um, in 2017, I was I was living in Hopkinsville, Kentucky, and and that was the year of the great uh, solar eclipse in 2017 that came across the U.S. from the Pacific okay. Northwest down to the Southeast, and Hopkinsville happened to be that epicenter of the longest duration of the darkness it was over two yep. minutes and so the little town of 30,000 people that weekend grew to about 150,000 people people from wow. all over the world from this from Russia from Asia from South America NASA was there I mean all the networks were there it, it, it was just a hopping place and I had, I had just got in touch with a fellow that I had not seen for 20 years or so and he was, uh, I played tennis with him. I, when I practiced law, I played a lot of tennis and he was one of my tennis partners. And I connected with him on Facebook and I said, you got to come to Hopkinsville. He was living, he had retired, was living in Maryland and, and he and his wife came and, and we just had a great time for a few days. And, uh, I, I, I said, I got to go visit you in Maryland now. So in a month or two later, I went up there and while I was visiting him, I, um, the first night I got there, his, his wife wasn't fitting to us. She went upstairs to go to bed early, and we were sitting in the kitchen drinking uh, at, at the kitchen bar. And, and uh, I said, I joined the nudist resort, Mike. And he says, you did? 
He says, I'm a nudist too. He says, I go to, I go to a gay nudist resort. I did not know that Mike was gay. <laughs> and, and he never told anyone and he told me. And I just felt over, emotionally overwhelmed because we were, we were very close friends 20 years before. And, uh, he told me, he says, you don't know how many times I saw you in the locker room and I wanted to get intimate with you, but <laughs> he wasn't going to come out at that time. And he never did until, until I went and visited him and we were alone. And, and, uh, so his, his wife was going to a art workshop the next day, all day long in a nearby town. And she says, let's just get naked and hang around the house, which we did. And one thing led to another. We ended up in bed and I lost my anal virginity that day. <laughs> and ever since, ever since I thought, boy, this, this bisexual, this sex with men is pretty darn neat, you know? <laughs> and it, it just opened up my mind and I've, I've been, bisexual ever since so um and and i yeah which like in in retro like it hasn't been that long no right like (laughs) i I didn't bloom until i was 78 years old or something like that wow that's amazing that's that's amazing up to do see you got a lot of catching up to do (laughs) it doesn't sound like you're hurting for experiences jim um uh the i was curious did did in, in in if you're not comfortable sharing, that's okay. Did Mike's wife know that he no. went to like no? no? As a matter of fact, uh, um, he came out to her uh, about a year later. We 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 FaceTimed on on a computer because we lived such a distance apart, and uh, he came out to her. Actually, she found she found some nude pictures of other guys on his computer. And so his hand was forced and he came out to her and she was absolutely de- devastated. They've been going together since they were teenagers and wow. they have two children and both adult children with grandchildren now and, and all. And, and she did not know. And he, I urged him to come out to her. Uh, and he did not because I urged him, but he, his hand was called. Uh, and, uh, he had, uh, and shortly, shortly after he came out to her, he developed leukemia, and he passed away within a couple months after that. So, oh wow! Uh, so she, I, I still see her on Facebook uh, now and then. She's still living in the same place and doing great artwork that she does. And uh, but no, it it was it was very emotional for me because uh, I went there and I thought, Mike, we were very close friends when we played tennis twenty years ago. I want to be a close friend with you again, even if we're living at a distance and. Uh, to have a close male buddy that you can really talk with. And, mm-hmm. uh, and he agreed, but uh, then he got leukemia and, and went pretty yeah. quickly after that. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. And thank you for sharing a little bit about that. That's a, I mean, that's a pretty amazing thing to sort of discover your bisexuality at the age of 78, 79. <laughs> that's crazy. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and so that took, oh, go ahead, Emma. Sorry. So that took you to Florida and, yeah. mm-hmm. and, um, that's when you really, you said you started, moved into a nudist resort and doing that is what kind of, what, from what you said, really let you blossom, I guess, let you oh. try a lot of different things. Uh, I hit on, I hit on all the, all the, uh, widow women in my neighborhood. 
<laughs> and and was I never got to never got to third base with any of them, but, uh, <laughs> but then I met Pam and things changed. <laughs> <laughs> She's a good luck charm. <laughs> I already had my relationships with with the the gal that I met at Clubber Lake uh, at the orgies and and uh, Tony, my male lover. So I, I had I had sexual relationships established by the time I met Pam. They were short, fairly short uh, short term. I both of them started up less than two months before I met Pam. So, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, and so throughout this journey, I guess it's been what a couple of years now together. Like how, how have you sort of seen each of each other grow through this experience and knowing that like you really kind of launched this experience at, almost at the same time together and you didn't really know each other before it. So you don't have a whole lot of frame of reference of like, who was Pam for the first 65 years of her life or who was Jim for the first 80. So like how, but in just this short time that you've been together, how have you seen like changes you've seen in each other? Well, I, I can say tell you what changes I've seen in Pam. Pam is, uh, is initially it was quite hesitant to, to ask for uh, her, her needs to be fulfilled. She was, she was in, in she, I can't say she's shy, but she just did not feel comfortable asking uh, mm-hmm. for things, uh, asking to be pleasured in a certain way or, or feeling free uh, to, uh, to do whatever she wanted when she wanted uh, with other people sexually or otherwise. And I encouraged her, you know, I, I kept telling her, you're a goddess and you, you, you need to be worshiped and just, Act like a goddess, you know. Fake it until you make it. Type of type of attitude, and I've seen her come a long ways in in that regard. Uh, um, she's blossomed into a real slut. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm proud of it. Yeah, in the most yeah, in a beautiful a beautiful way. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, we, we both obviously read the ethical slut and and. Yeah. And we we say we proudly say that we're both right. <laughs> yes, you should. You should. Um, for me about Jim, I guess I I have to to I don't know tangent a little bit along the way. He came to me with a um, working penile implant, but along the way in our relationship, about a year and a half in, um, actually once COVID had also hit, um, it broke. And so we had like three, four months of um, not no PIV, no no penetrative sex. Um, and along the way, since then, I'll come back to that. But um, in the three in the in the year and a half since that first time, we've I actually recorded the surgeries. He's gone through three different surgeries, so there have been huge hunks of time where. He has not been able to perform the way he wanted to be able to perform. Um, but it it actually made him a better lover because he had to figure out what he could do for me to please me and take care of me and, and honor me as the goddess um, without that part of the functioning. I mean, you know, without the penetrative sex and right. vice versa. Um, I had to figure out, what to do also, you know, like, what do you do with a man that 
that part doesn't work. Um, mm-hmm. So we've had a lot. We we actually, I guess I can share this. Every single morning, we actually make love. Mm-hmm. And um, we did it throughout the whole time when he, quote, couldn't um, do some things. But we took turns pleasuring each other. And we still take turns pleasuring each other, but we could take it to the extreme now. Um, but he he actually, I mean, he, he figured out how to use his masculinity in different ways. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah, it is amazing. And I guess, Jim, from your standpoint, do you mind talking about that? Yeah. exploration a little bit for you no he I, I am very glad to talk about it Pam uh, uh, Pam discovered that I like uh, I like textures I like different types of textures on my skin whether it's silky or or you know nylon or rayon or whatever or whether it's scratchy type stuff and and uh and so she's she has a closet full of different <laughs> different cloth swaths that <laughs> i'm usually got my eyes closed moaning and, and she's she's just going over my body with all these different textures including you know vampire gloves with leather gloves with little pins in them and and you know, Wartenberg pinwheels and all that type stuff too. So uh, I, I, I never had anyone do that to me before with, with textures and just make my whole body just shimmer. And, and I'm not ticklish, but uh, it feels like it's being tickled all over. And uh, yeah. so she's developed that art very, very well. Um, and uh, she, I, uh, we're, we're both, uh, we're both, anally inclined and Pam uh, learned to, uh, well, she got, uh, we, we bought a, a harness uh, and she, she pegs me fairly regularly and I enjoy it. Uh, <laughs> I, I, you know, look forward to it. I do, I do have a feminine side and uh, I do cross dress. So not in public, but mostly lingerie and that I do that mostly at the orgies. I, I feel I can, I can do anything I want at an orgy. You know? <laughs> people of every, every gender, uh, uh, every place on the gender spectrum and lifestyle, they're, they're just you know, kinky all over the place. And, and I, I, but I get attention coming in, in nylons and bras and high heels and, <laughs> and a wig and all that. And mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so I, I do like that. And that plays into the pegging. So, yeah, you know, somebody uh, that so we we've developed some of that. We we've been struggling a little bit. We both want to get into more kink, and we do belong to a a, a private uh, dungeon here in the Tampa area. But we haven't we haven't really we we haven't been creative enough to come up with scenes to do at the dungeon you know what we we need somebody to script it for us i guess <laughs> we, we need a, a kink coach you know? yeah. well if anyone's listening yeah. has any ideas <laughs> choreographer yeah that's amazing and yeah. i appreciate you both sharing that and like how like it's really cool that you went you took sort of what could be seen as like a a negative, right? Like, oh, we can't do this thing for su- for such amount of time, and you spun it into something that like expanded your your repertoire. And yeah, I think that's amazing. Yeah, I think it's powerful because so. I mean, it's 
very common, right? At different stages of life to have different health issues, both for everyone. And sometimes uh, PIV is just not an option, but you can still pleasure each other and okay. and find connection and intimacy in, in other ways. You just have to be a little creative about it. And that's, I think that's really inspiring. Um, so thank you for sharing. Yeah, it did also lead to a uh, quite an inventory of sex toys that we <laughs> that we've accumulated. Oh, I bet. <laughs> I, yeah, I bet. Just an anecdote to that. Uh, since we <laughs> since we each have a a home close to each other, and sometimes we play at my house, and sometimes we play here. Uh, carrying all the sex toys back and forth can be a problem. Uh, you started off with a, a leather doctor's bag. Well, that wasn't big enough. That, we outgrew that. So now I have a big acoustic guitar case, and I have all of them in there. People ask, oh, I didn't know you played the guitar. I don't. <laughs> Pretty soon you're going to have to have a, a, a wagon. You're going to have to install wheels on it so you can. I'm, I'm thinking of putting wheels on the guitar case. It's getting kind of heavy. I'm getting a big cello case. Yeah, on. right? <laughs> wheels on it. Amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, that's, that's incredible. Um, do you have, have there been other challenges that you've, I mean, this it sounds, this is a challenge that you've overcome. Has there been other challenges in your relationship over the last few years? Um. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Because Jim came to me, Polly, and had Polly partners, in his mind, he had a different understanding of what might ensue. And when he um, had no longer had the two partners, he decided he'd like to find more. Um, but like, in my opinion, didn't go about it in an open and um, responsible and thoughtful fashion. So, um, he actually made a date with somebody and I knew that she existed, but that was it. And we never talked about the date. We never talked about what it would look like. And when I asked questions, he was kind of, um, defensive about it. And so, there was a, a big chunk of time there and we're still recovering, but I think we, we are on the other side of it um, where he needed to allow me to take baby steps in this process. And I needed to know before the date and before the things happened um, that they were going to happen. Mm -hmm. And um, so, so that was, that was a, a trying time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and uh, well, there, there, there was a, just in that regard, the gal I made a date with, Pam and I enjoyed dinner and a night with her on my patio in front of a fire last night. So we're we're all friends. <laughs> so, <laughs> we're all friends now, <laughs> and I'm, I'm not sexual with her. So <laughs> right, yeah, it's, right. it's yeah. more of a platonic uh, friendship. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And it's, it's super, I think it's super valuable to think about that. Like you both arrived at the relationship seemingly thinking you were on the same page, but ultimately discovering you weren't really, and then having to like recalibrate, adjust that, and then come back in it together. And I know like that's a, that can be a really tricky thing to do. So I think it's impressive that, that you two were able to like maneuver that. Well, I think, it very much triggered his independence 
being in control, um, mm-hmm. all of that kind of relationship stuff. anarchy, you know. Um, and he immediately went to, well, you're just trying to close the relationship. You're just trying to do all these things that I had no intention of doing, but his, it, you know, we, we were like hitting each other, it, it, you know, hitting brick walls um, because he couldn't hear what I needed. Mm-hmm. And it actually took us breaking up for two weeks for him to listen. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, getting, uh, being on the same page er- earlier in our relationship, we, we had decided that what we knew we were not going to get married. We'd been married enough times and, and we really didn't need it. It'd be disadvantageous for us economically to get married. And so, mm-hmm. uh, it, uh, but we said, what are we going to call ourselves? You know, and we decided, uh, uh, we decided life partners would be the best description. And instead of getting a ring, we got matching bracelets, you know, and, and things like that. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that went on fine. We were calling ourselves life partners, but about six months into that, uh, we discovered that we had different definitions of what a life partner meant. And, and ah. Pam, Pam's definition of life partner was it's a partner for the rest of your life. And that would be what most people would think. In my mind, it was a, you were a partner in every aspect of life without having a duration to it. I, I figured, uh, hey, between us, we've been married seven times. We know that relationships don't last forever. You know, so, so I didn't think in terms of, of for the rest of our lives to death do us part. Uh, you know, so I, I thought we'd, just, we'd, we'd share everything rather than put a direct. Well, we they, we went back and forth on that and spoke to a counselor about it and all that. And I think we ended up uh, compromising by saying we're going to be life partners in everything we do for the rest of our life. <laughs> so <laughs> so you, you took, you took them each and combined it. I love yeah. it. Well, for some reason. And I, I, I don't know, have you dropped this, this, this issue in your head? Yeah. When I told him I felt I needed a commitment, he read that to mean that means I can't love anybody else. And that didn't mean that to me. I just wanted a commitment. He was still allowed, quote unquote. I mean, I don't feel like I allow him to do anything. He's allowed to do what he wants, but um, it's always, I mean, it's still okay with me that he find another male and female partner if that's what he needs. But I just need to be well-informed along the way. Yeah. Yeah. I I have more of a need for long-term partners, Mm -hmm. multiple long-term partners and, Pam doesn't have that need, apparently. Maybe she will at some time. And I'll, yeah, you never know. <laughs> I'll, I'll applaud when she does. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thank you for sharing all of that as well. It's It just highlights that, I mean, we're all still, like, figuring it out, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's, it, we're always, you know, trying our best, and sometimes it just, we still, we still got to figure stuff out, and we're all human. Yeah. So, yeah. And as I think I've mentioned before on on the meet and greets and, and other uh, Zoom uh, interactions that we live in a pretty open-minded community down here in, in the Tampa Bay area. 
there's a lot of different lifestylers down here. Uh, and uh, probably we're, we're the epicenter of the nudist community, but Clearwater in St. Petersburg is the epicenter of the kink industry, <laughs> the kink community, rather. Uh, there's more kinksters there. And, and uh, so it, it's just interesting, the people you meet down here. And, and you can, you, we, we belong to some other support. We belong to a, a polyamory, two, a couple polyamory support groups. One is pure discussion and the, and the other is more social interactions. And uh, uh, we get a lot out of them. And they're beginning to meet face to face again, which is good. Uh, and so we 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 have a lot of people that we can bounce our issues off of. Yeah, you have a community. Yeah, yeah. exactly. We do. And I mean, yeah, we do. <laughs> the other thing I wanted to mention um, along the way, and I think it was you, Emma, that that put me in touch with the multi amory group. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if it was one of theirs or one of what podcast it was, but um, when we broke up, there was a podcast about breaking up. And um, it's an excellent podcast, even if you're not going to break up. (laughs) But it also talked about um, relationship agreements. And I think it came from that one. And so we have actually begun the process of creating a relationship agreement um, around the poly part and I think a lot of it's actually just as good for monogamous people. I mean, there are yeah. certain unique things that certainly belong to Polly, but it's just an agreement about how we will be with each other. And we're still in the midst of writing it and, and working through it. Um, and as part of that, we also are meeting every month, once a month on the first Sunday of every month to say, what's gone well, what hasn't gone so well, what do we need to do different? Um, and it seems like things that we may not be able to talk about in our everyday life that would trigger each other and escalate and get crazy, if we do it in the setting of that meeting, we're able to listen differently. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, I think that was the... Um, the radar, multi-MREs yeah. radar. Uh, yeah, we we, we use that. that we sent you. We use that kind of as setting the agenda for our meetings, and yeah, I think I sent you the link on the green on the written uh, uh, relationship agreement that came from somewhere in San Diego, San Diego. Uh, yeah. Now I'm group. Yeah. Yeah, we'll include links to those in the in the show notes, and I think. There might have been a breakup episode by Multi-Amory as well, but there were also, I think I sent you the one, we had a Focus Friday episode with Libby yes. Sinback a few years back, that and that was about transitioning relationships. Right. And um, so we'll include links to all of that in the show notes. But thank you for mentioning that as well. It's it's The radar method is of like basically monthly check-ins and and yeah. um kind of a process to that uh is is powerful and and important in, in any type of relationships not just non-monogamous relationships it makes so much yeah. sense to us well and and after i don't even remember what the tiff was but we had a a big tr- triggering event and i said you know what can I call a meeting, please? <laughs> because I knew that we worked better at talking in one in that kind of a setting. Yeah, we just, it was the mindset. Yeah, so we had we had an interim meeting. Yeah, helped a lot. Yeah. 
I love I love that that framework works so well. Yeah. Um, and and that you can even call it impromptu, and it changes. It just changes your mindset enough that you can get to where you can hear each other. So I think that's really great. Mm-hmm. Um, I was I was curious. So you two both have had a lot of relationship experience and a lot of life experience. So you and you both sort of came into non-monogamy late, very late in the game. I mean, you've both had some little experiences, uh, you know, years ago, Mm -hmm. but really this is like, this is your, you're kind of living your best lives. And I'm just curious, like for like looking back, like, do you sometimes wonder like, or wish like, man, I wish I had done discovered this 60 years ago or 50 years ago. Or is it like, you know, I don't think I would have been able to do this then. Like I, I'm, I found it at the right time. I think for me, absolutely. It was at the right time. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't think I would have been open enough to become even more open <laughs> as as we have um and and that's one of the things somebody has asked me lots what does the orgy do for you and it's like completely opening you Mm -hmm. can't go to an orgy and enjoy yourself if you're not gonna let yourself be out there yeah um and and the whole our whole relationship is really about being out there yeah so what do you think though pam like what do you think shifted along the way that allowed you to be open to all of this when Jim brought it up versus Pam, whoever, you know, 10 years ago, maybe wouldn't have been able to walk away from that lunch with Jim being like, yeah, I think I could do that. Um, when my late husband died, which was 10 years ago in just a couple more weeks, actually, um, as I was like over recovering from the grief, um, I journaled a lot. And one of the things that I, I repeated it time and time and time again is it's my turn for the next 20 years. And I think this is just part of being my turn. Mm -hmm. Um, I met my late wife in 1998 and we got married in 2000. And at the time I met her and the time we got married, she was, she had multiple sclerosis and there was the chronic progressive type. And she was using a walker at the time. And by the time she died, she was in a, a power wheelchair and could not transfer herself. So I, I was aware of her disease being progressive all, all, all during the whole marriage. And I, at one point, I think after five years into the marriage, when she was having some real uh, uh, problems where it made even penetrative sex almost uh, unbearable for her, uh, I asked her, I, I said, you know, can I, can I, uh, I didn't use the word hall pass, but I could, I, could I have, you know, get sex from a, a sex worker or, or from anybody? Uh, and she says, no, I don't want you to do that. And I honored that, but it was on my mind at that time under the circumstances that I knew I, uh, and so I, I had a long celibate period probably for the last Oh, six years of our marriage where there's no sex. There was, there was cuddling, there was kissing, there was, uh, stroking and all that, but no penetrative sex whatsoever. And I, so, uh, I just, uh, you know, it was not on my mind at that time. And 
when I was practicing law, I could have never afforded to take the risk of, of the, an open lifestyle. I, I would be crucified if 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 it, anyone in the in the bar association knew that the word would get around and and I'd be ad hominem attacked in the courtroom, you know, in front of a jury, and then it would just impact. You know, I, I couldn't do it. So uh, no, for me, I, I just couldn't do it earlier in life until I retired and until I got into it. In, when I lived in Kentucky, uh, I, I sought counseling because of my wife's death. And I also sought counseling because uh, of my new found bisexuality. And I, I had a counselor and I talked to her and I said, what? I said, I just joined a nudist resort and I'm, I, I can't be open about that down here. Uh, and uh, I said, uh, I'm thinking of moving to a nudist resort in Florida. And she counseled me on it. She says, you better, because you're never going to find any any community in this part of the country. It's Bible Belt, you know, and, and you're just not going to find it. So she encouraged me. And, and at that point, I, that, that's why I said, I got the green light. I got my professional green light to go ahead and do what I wanted to do now. And and so I, that, that's, been, that's been my, you know, what's been on my mind ever since. I'm retired. I don't have anything at stake. My my income is not going to be affected if the whole world knew that, that I was open and non-monogamous. It's not going to affect my income. And I want to go back to one more thing because of what Jim said earlier about about telling me I was the goddess. Mm-hmm. Um, he has really helped me take that on fully. And at one of the orgy um Early on, um, we had a dinner beforehand. I asked one of the women, actually the woman that that he first went there with, um, how do you just like completely open up and and be able to meet all these people for the first time and get in bed with them? And she said, be the goddess. (laughs) And it was like, oh, I can relate to that. (laughs) (laughs) So, So allowing myself to be fully in goddess mode, not just sexually, but, you know, in all ways of life in terms of what I deserve. um, I think that has definitely helped open the whole non-monogamy world. She's she's earned that title there because normally the orgies last for about four hours and people take a break in the middle and go get something to eat and snacks and beverages and Pam doesn't take a break. She's just four hours straight. <laughs> you might change beds, but it's... it's <laughs> oh, Pam, live in your best life. I, I, I don't know what else to say. I love it. I love it. I'm, I'm curious, Jim. Sorry, did you have a question? And I'll ask it after. I'm curious, Jim, being a, a bisexual, or I think you've even described yourself as pansexual in some of our no, other no. comments. One, my, my female uh, poly partner was uh, a uh, trans a transgender woman. Uh, Post op, she had her gender uh, reassignment surgeries in 2014. So, I mean, she was all woman, but she she still identified as a transgender person, and and so I I use pansexual in deference to her. Um, sure, uh, sure. Well, and and so being. At, you know, discovering this at age 78, 79, 
how how is that accepted in in sort of your community both in the nudist resorts and also in in the orgy setting where you're also with other people who are in their you know you said 40s up to 80 like i i know that like maybe it's not quite as progressive or maybe not quite as accepted in that generation and how how have you sort of found yourself in that um in in the nudist in the nudist resort that we're in now, it's a family nudist resort. And so alternative lifestyles are not uh, condoned in the open. I mean, you can't, you can't, you can't be aroused around the pool, you know, because sure, there's children sure. in the pool. And of course. The, the resort where I live, no children are allowed in the resort. You got to be 21 and it's a lifestyle resort and they promote it. They provide rooms for you to go have sex in, you know, and group sex and even. So it's, they promote it. Uh, so it's different in the different resorts, but, uh, I, I don't, I don't find, uh, I, I find that a good number of men that I meet online, I, I get confused. And I always have to clarify it because in their profiles, they'll sell us, they're straight. And then they privately message you and they said, Hey, I'd like to get together with you, big boy. You know, <laughs> I said, wait, wait, <laughs> what, what is it? Come on, be authentic. And, and, uh, a lot of them say they're straight when they're, when they're either bi curious or bi. Um, but at the orgies, uh, when I first started going, uh, there were a number of, of heterosexual couples and, and individuals that were, um, they would, they would kind of shun away from any guy that was by, uh, and, and, and the guys that were by there would have to wait to the very end of the orgy to play with each other. Uh, I've kind of pushed the envelope on that. And now the, the hostess has, who's been running these for over 30 years. She sees, she sees the change now. And, uh, uh she, and, she, supports she's, it. and supports it. And she says, don't hold back until the end of the orgy. Get out there. Get out there. And and so I do. But they're, the majority of guys are still straight. And, and I kid them about it, you know, and they said, well, don't get behind me, you know, and, and all that. Like, I'm going to push myself right, on right, it. Yeah. But, I also am high, um, not as demonstratively, perhaps, or not as experienced. Um, sure. But I, I'm, I think I'm more than bi-curious and um, do enjoy, I guess, more at the, at, well, both the orgies and even in some of our play dates, mm. um, you know, if the woman is open, we play with each other sometimes. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that you've both sort of discovered that at, at your age and are now not only it. discovered it, yeah, embrace it and can, and explore it and, and are so supportive of one another in that exploration. So mm-hmm. I just think that's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. And think, speaking of the orgies and, and just all the playtime, it, you know, you don't have to worry as much at your age about pregnancy, but no. you do have to worry about, <laughs> about, uh, STIs. And I was curious how, how you two protect yourselves and, and navigate that. Um, being in Medicare, <laughs> we can get tested free. <laughs> and actually, before we realized that, um, we were going to the health department and they also tested at like 40 bucks or something very reasonable. Um, but the way we've got it going now, because since COVID, the health department's not really doing it. They're um, too busy with COVID. Each of our um, main doctors 
puts blood work through automatically every six months. And because we're whopper jawed on the appointments, one of us is generally being tested every three to four months. So if one of us is clean, it probably means we both are. Um, But, you know, that's how we do it is that we just use the system and um, go through the testing. Uh, I mean, for penetrative sex, Pam and I are bareback with each other, but we insist on condoms with everyone else for vaginal and anal sex. So Mm -hmm. we don't we don't go to that extreme with oral. uh, Mm -hmm. But yeah, that's your personal choice that everyone has their own. Yeah, Yeah. it's just too too inconvenient. (laughs) 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 But we, we we do draw a pretty strong line because there are a lot of people that say, you know, Oh, we want to be bareback only, and I, you know, go find somebody so, else. Yeah, then we're not for you. You know, we're not for you. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah and you said, did say earlier too. You started being a little more selective as well, like getting to know the people sometimes yeah. a little bit more. Yeah. Well, I think COVID yeah. helped with that too. Yeah, and COVID helps without a doubt. Without a doubt, and so we know you both listen to the show fairly regularly. Yep. And so you're no you're stranger to the blooper question. Not necessarily related to sexual health and safety, but just have have you have you come across any uh, moments that would be worth sharing that are worth a laugh? <laughs> this is a little tiny one, um, but because we are nudists, we had uh, and and he Jim was during one of his recovery phases, so we had one of the couples that we've played with over for an evening of just getting together. And they walked in the house and we're nude. And she said to both of us, I guess at once, huh? I thought we were playing. <laughs> and I said, well, why? And she says, well, you're, you're nude. I said, we're nudists. We, we get nude, not just to play. <laughs> and, and they knew that because they were in it. They lived they in the nude resort, resort too. too. So Whatever. <laughs> little ditty. Yeah. I don't know the. It's it's not a blooper, but it's a a real throwback to teenage times. But um, when when COVID finally uh, uh, eased up and people were getting their vaccinations, uh, I I got together with with my Polly lover, who's a transgender woman. She uh, one of the things I dearly like about her is she's six foot two inches tall. And I'm six feet tall, so I got to stand on my tippy toes to kiss her. But anyway, uh, and I'm five too. <laughs> <laughs> we we met up. We we were we met up. Uh, I don't, you weren't with us, but you met with Tony and I, I, my other my two poly lovers and I got together at a restaurant in a in a town midway between us. And uh, Tony went on his way, and and Chelsea and I went went got in my car. And I, I drive a Tesla, and it's, it's the Model 3. It's not a real big Tesla, but the seats do go all the way back. <laughs> and she's six foot two. We managed to get it on in the front seat of a Tesla. <laughs> and the windows were all falling. We're in the parking lot. People are, headlights are going by us. And they're like, oh, my God, what are we doing? They're going to, you know, be. Anyway, we didn't get caught, but it was fun. But it was—it was, it wasn't a blooper, but we were laughing our asses off at each other, <laughs> feeling like a teenager. Yeah, <laughs> I'm—I'm in awe and inspired by your zest for both of your zests for life at, at this, and and I'm—it's yeah. been 
super fun and exciting to talk to you both. Is there is there anything we haven't asked you about or talked about that that you feel needs to be heard by the world before we let you get your clothes off and, and get back out there into the 90 degree weather? Um, <laughs> the only thing I thought of is, um, you know, how in real estate, they say the most important thing is location, location, location. Um, when, when we were having some of our issues, I said to Jim, so what's the most important part of how we need to be? And he said, communication, communication, communication. And you know, yeah. like that is just, it's so important. To, mm-hmm. to not stop talking and he gets so sick of unpacking but i make him do it anyway <laughs> <laughs> well he's yeah. got orgies to get to pam <laughs> holding them up yeah but he, he's to get like you got to talk to get to the orgy i'm on team communication here i'm just kidding Wow. Thank you for that addition. Is there anything else? And then we can let you get out of those pesky clothes and back out in the sunshine. We have to get back into them because we're on a Zoom tonight, I think. All right. We're going to see you again later. Yes. We We have a virtual meet and greet tonight. Virtual meet and greet tonight. So that's exciting. Um, And for anyone listening, tonight might not actually be tonight. So tonight might tonight so be aware tonight might not actually be in virtual meet and greet. So go to our website and check when the next virtual meet and greet is. Well, well, it's all good. Thank you both for for first of all being a part of our community and the Patreon community, and we've met you a few times in person in various cities around the country, and it's always a, a joy. And so, thank you both for coming on, sharing your story, and and just everything you do for us and the community. We appreciate yes, it. Thank you we look so forward much. to being with you guys. Yes. <laughs> well, we're excited to talk to you later tonight and we will talk to you soon. So have a great day. You thank too. You. And we're back. A huge thank you to Jim and Pam for coming on the show and sharing your story. It was wonderful to talk to you and we're so excited to get this out there. Yeah. I will also say that, you know, we don't have confirmation on this, but there's a pretty good chance Pam and Jim will be on the virtual trivia and on the virtual meet and greet this coming weekend. So if you want to meet the stars themselves, join us. Yes. <laughs> More information about that can be found on our website under the community events tab. We hope to see you there. And also while you're on our website, go check out our Patreon community again, all right there. Um, and we'd love to have you join us. So go check it out. And you can meet Pam and Jim there too. <laughs> right. There's lots They're of, everywhere. Lots of opportunities <laughs> to meet Pam and Jim. <laughs> and the other thing we wanted to talk about really quick was our New Orleans trip. We teased this in the intro, and then you stuck around this entire time just to hear this. So the weekend of September 17th, we are going to be in New Orleans, Louisiana. Yes. In case anyone was... Just, just in case. <laughs> that right? wasn't clear. So on Saturday morning, we have a high ropes course. We're doing a high ropes challenge. Uh, that's open to about 30 people or so. And then that night we're doing a different event. It is a clothing optional pool party that was actually going to be this past February, but it got canceled because of COVID. It got rescheduled because of COVID. And so, yeah, so Saturday in the morning is high ropes and the evening is a clothing optional pool party, private pool party. Mm -hmm. And then the day before on Friday, we're going to put together a a meet and greet with hopefully some acro burlesque performers hopefully and then the day after so on sunday we have jello wrestling yes so jello wrestling what you need to know about jello wrestling right now is it's amazing it's awesome and there's not a way to sign up at the moment 
We have an episode coming out in a few weeks with the person who is the host and creator of the New Orleans Jello wrestling scene. <laughs> and so we're super excited about that and more information will come in on this. But the real reason we're telling you this is so you can block off the weekend of September 17th and get your ass to New Orleans. Yes, because it's going to be a whole weekend with lots of events. Yes. So we will be there. We hope you're there. Pam and Jim might be there. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> well, they were there the last time we went. They they actually tried to come to the event and then we postponed it and then yeah. they showed up anyway. So <laughs> anyway, Pam and Jim are everywhere is sort of the moral <laughs> of the story of this episode. <laughs> oh, boy. Anyway, this coming Friday, we have a special episode coming out, another Focus Friday episode. And this time, it's all about the power of play. And we interview Gary, who is a strategic play consultant. And it's a fantastic conversation about bringing play back into your relationships. Yeah, I'm excited for this one and always happy to collaborate with Gary. So uh, thank you in advance to Gary. And we will see you all on Friday. And then next week. Hold on. We'll also see him Friday night, I believe. Yes. Friday night, we have trivia. And then Saturday. We have a meet and greet. So there's lots of opportunities. I mean, we're everywhere. <laughs> we're everywhere. Pam and Jim are everywhere. <laughs> and next Wednesday, we have a, another interview for you. This time, it's with Miche. She is a coach with Expansive Connection. And come back and find out more next week. I would say she's much more than a coach for expansive connection. Oh, yeah. That was a that's very true. I didn't mean that to come across. That's all she is. That's all she is. Boiled her down to one little title. No. no. It's a fantastic conversation. We will see everybody in a week. Yes. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening. <laughs>